Welcome to the Lighthouse Financial Advisors Money Over 50 podcast with Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue. This information is general in nature and does not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Therefore, you should consider whether the information is appropriate for you and your personal circumstances. If you require personal advice, please contact Lighthouse Financial Advisors. Here are your hosts, Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue. So today it's Dallas here. I'm here with Michael and we are going to talk about the wrong types of people to have around you financially. So this isn't individuals, this is categories of people or uh, types of people that we tend to see that uh, can cause people to come unstuck if these are the people that our clients are listening to. So uh, Michael, did you want to get started? Thanks Dallas. Yeah, this is one we've spoken about quite a bit around the the coffee table, having a coffee. So, so the first one that we have is is uh, having no one around you financially. Now, um, that's obviously you don't have anyone to bounce ideas off uh, to get any any sort of feedback, which ironically can be better off than than some, some of the other yeah. uh, options that we'll go through. Some yeah. of the other alternatives. Yeah, the, I, I see this as a big one particularly when it comes to money, it's such an emotional subject for a lot of people. Mm. A lot of people that have a lot of friends, a lot of family that are very close to them, but they don't tend to talk about money. It's not kind of, it's a bit of a taboo subject. So you might have a lot of um, great friends, great family, but if you're not comfortable or you're not able to talk to them about money, it's the same as not having anyone around you. That's correct, yeah. So the um, uh, going, going through the list, uh, we would also have then secondly the the yes person so it's very politically correct to, to say yes person not yes man but it, it could be a man or woman you're dead right yes the yes person so so um, how I see the yes person or the yes man or woman working most of the time is is that um, they they're very supportive people of their friends and and um, they uh, will often agree with 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 what their friend is doing, um, even if it may not be even even it may even if it may be uh, something that they strongly disagree with. They'll yeah. they'll agree yeah. uh, to support their friend. Yes, which um, which causes a problem because sometimes the friend is looking for on, honest feedback. Yes, um, that's and, right. And, and and if they hear, yeah, uh, yeah, we think that's a good idea. Yeah. then um, they will will oftentimes make the uh, a financial decision that's not the best for them. Yeah, it's interesting we're talking about the, the yes man versus woman. You do, I tend to see this as, as a, a lot of women tend to do this because, maybe because they're nicer than us and they just tend to be more supportive and more uh, caring uh, in a lot of ways. And so they will agree with their friend that the idea that they've got is, yes, you should do that because they know that it will make their friend happy uh, or more comfortable or something like that in the short term but as you say it may not actually be what's best for them long term so it's it's a bit about you know having having people around you that are they may want what's best for you and they want to you to be happy but they may not be thinking through the the long-term effects of those decisions the man with a hammer we will be sexist here and say the man with a hammer <laughs> it, <laughs> could, be a woman, it could, could be a woman, woman with a hammer, hammer. Explain that 
one for Estelle's. So what we're talking about here is the, the old saying of, uh, to a man with a hammer, everything looks like a nail. So this, this applies to, uh, it's similar to the next one in our categories actually is, um, if someone has, a, I guess, uh, an incentive to, to see things a certain way, obviously that's how they're going to see things. So you see this a lot with uh, people come in and say, Oh, I've, I was talking to someone the other day and they said that I should definitely invest in property and that property is the way to go. And then when you dig a bit deeper, who were you talking to? Oh, it was my next door neighbour who's a real estate agent. Okay, well, again, it's the man with the hammer. That's what he works with day in, day out. That's how he sees the world is through the lens of uh, what you need is to buy a property and preferably through me so that I get a clip of the ticket. Yep. But it can happen in a lot of... Uh, the other one that you see a lot is... Uh, people who are just uh, focused on tax savings, for example. Mm. So we are, we also uh, are big fans of trying to save as much tax as possible, but it's not the only lens through you, that you should view things through. So if you um, are an accountant or you're you know, close to an accountant a lot of the time, people will be just focused on how do we pay the smallest amount of tax and not able to take a step back and look at every other, every other way that they could uh, approach a problem, basically. The expert in their field. So um, we see oftentimes people who are an expert in their field, and they try to they try to um, uh, carry that expertise across to other fields yeah. that we find, and they and they and they are sometimes very opinionated because they are brilliant often in their own field. Um, and if that field may be, you know, for example, rocket science or engineering. So yeah. if they're brilliant in that field, then they then they are often very opinionated and, and think that they can actually carry those skills across to another field. But um, um, what we find with those people is that is that they don't know what they don't know. Yep. So they, they 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 get some things right and they have they read a lot yep. uh, usually about that that topic and if that topic is retirement planning for example, then um, they are generally r- right of uh, most of the things that they've read. The issue that we see with that, though, is that uh, they are right in six things, but they could be right in twelve things. Yeah. So they're missing. Yeah. So know, it's fifty percent. It's not, it's not necessarily they get the things wrong that they're looking at. It's the things that they're not looking at that they that they miss out. That's on. correct. Yeah. And so that's kind of where I say it ties a bit into the man with a hammer thing. Is that they may be they may be brilliant, like you say, they may be very brilliant, highly intelligent people, but if they're just completely missing one perspective or a part of the problem, you, you're not going to get uh, you're not going to solve in the best way. Yes. The next one. People more worried about sounding good than being right. Explain that one a little this, bit more. Dull. This is one that we tend to see a lot of the, the latest and greatest fads. So uh, there are some things that sound really cool and sound really interesting and it tends to change all the time. You know, six months ago, everyone was a cryptocurrency expert, for example. Yep. And so... That sounds really cool, sounds exciting, sounds sexy. Um, unfortunately, if, if it sounds sexy, it's probably not good retirement planning. It's just not the, the type of thing that, that should sound cool or sound exciting. Uh, those, again, if, you're, if your incentive is, if someone's talking to you at a barbecue and they want to sound interesting and, and, and sound cool, they're probably not going to talk to you about the tax savings available through different structures or you know, salary sacrificing, those types of things. It's a bit boring, it's a bit stale. Only, uh, only weirdos like us actually find it interesting. So 
what you find is that people uh, tend to want to sound interesting, sound good, rather than necessarily focusing on what's important or what's right. And that ties into the next one as well. More, the more is better people. So we often see people that um, uh, more, more, more is better. And to use an example of that um, would be people that accumulate uh, eight to 10 investment properties or rental properties by um, buying one and borrowing against that and buying another one and buying one uh, buying another one. Um, yeah. They oftentimes, uh, they, they when, you, when you talk to those people, there's no reason behind what they're doing. Yeah. It's just more is better. And we find that, that people that are around these people sometimes uh, feel like they're missing out, yeah. especially if that strategy is, has, has worked for a period of time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you see the example where where someone who's doing that and borrowing a lot of money, obviously, to do that. Um, if the property markets move up by a few percent, uh, they are often the people that are that are, uh, I guess, beating their chest and saying, "I've made all this money," yeah. and you you find uh, people that are around them yeah. uh, oftentimes feel like they're there's, missing out. Yeah, there's a lot of big fear of missing out there, and um, and and like you're saying, it's interesting because. We tend to compare ourselves to the people around us without really thinking through the fact that we might not, we might be in a completely different situation, and our goals might be completely different to that person. And so that's mm. kind of why, uh, when we're looking at retirement planning, you, you look at goals first, and then a plan to achieve those goals, and then a portfolio or what do we need to be invested in to fund, to fund the plan to achieve the goals. Whereas it's easy to it's easy to look around and see people in that situation who are accumulating more, 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 and are focused on that, and not actually take a step back and go, well, do I want the life that they have? Do I want the stress that they have? All those different things, or do I just do I want to focus on the things that I need to do to achieve what it is that's going to make me happy? That's a a really good time to raise that point. So most of the more is better people, um, they. Oftentimes, well, pro- pretty much exclusively all the time, don't know why they're doing something. So they're just yeah. accumulating more, 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 more. Yeah. Um, taking on a lot of debt to do that yeah. and, and exposing themselves to quite a big risk. And when you ask them, what's this all for? Yeah. Um, not only do they not know, they have never considered it. Yeah. So it, it's just a... And it's a an, more, it's more, an easy more, one to do. I, I, I'm a bit guilty of this myself to some degree. My wife and I often discuss this where my attitude would be you make money just so that you have it in the bank and you can you can look at it and touch it and I'm a bit like uh, the, the the old old guy out of Lord of the Rings who just is, is is attached to the idea of having that money rather than actually using it so it's a uh, it's an interesting one that is a combination of of some of those those and my wife and I our two traits together works out well is that you don't want to just be, you know, achieving more and growing your wealth and doing all those things without being able to stop and enjoy that and, and stop and think, what do I actually need to be content or to be happy? That, that point you raised there uh, inadvertently where you said um, my, my wife and myself make better decisions together yeah. raised an interesting thing. And, and I guess this is where we're heading with this discussion um, generally speaking, the more people involved in a decision-making process, the better. Yeah. So there, there, there is certainly merit to looking at things from a different point of view. Yeah. Um, we're in this podcast trying to point out some of the traps that people will find. Yeah. Um, 
in making those financial decisions by having uh, the wrong people around them financially. Yeah, exactly right. People who like to make easy things hard. What do you mean by that? Uh, this is kind of one that we see a lot where one of the big uh, one of the big stumbling blocks for people is that there are some things that are relatively easy. Um, they, they may be they may not be easy to do consistently, but most people know they should just be saving some money every week. Now, what you find is that people take a simple or easy concept like save some money every week and they make that too complicated, too hard, their budgeting system is too involved. And so they make it so hard that they don't end up sticking to any sort of plan at all. So that's kind of one where there are some aspects of your financial life that there are things that are simple and are fairly easy if you overcomplicate those things, you can you can actually make it harder than it needs to be, and make it less likely that you will be able to stick to that. I know, for example, when I talk to people about a simple savings plan, and we and we work out where they're going from zero dollars of savings per week, yeah. and we come up with two hundred dollar per week savings plan, yeah. they often try to make that a little bit more complicated by asking, "What rate of interest will I be getting in this bank account?" Yeah. And I, yeah. I. I scoff over it. Uh, I gloss over it, and I, and I um, in some respects, scoff at it because I, I say to them, "It doesn't really matter if we stick this under your mattress at zero percent interest. Yeah. You have a two hundred dollar return yeah. versus a zero dollar return right yeah. now. So it's a it's a simple concept. Let's worry about the interest rate at a later stage. Let's yeah. bed down this behaviour yeah. in, in the first part. Yeah. People who like to make hard things easy." Exactly. So that's kind of the obviously the opposite of that one is that there are there are some complicated parts of financial planning and retirement planning, and this is kind of it's human nature that we like to take very complex uh, things and we try and distill them to cliches and um, you know very simple viewpoints when some things just are complicated and need to be treated that way. So. A good example of uh, one that we see a lot here is uh, an investment strategy, for example, of you know, if you've got half a million dollars in super, how should that money be invested? And then how should it be invested leading up to retirement and then into retirement? It, it's just, it's a very complicated issue. So it needs mm. to be, there needs to be a fair bit of time spent <coughs> on working out the best way to make that happen. It's very easy to to be glib about that and to you know um, say, oh, well, I'll just put it in a balanced fund and forget about it. Well, that may be best for you, but but it's unlikely to be. It's a complicated issue, and if you can solve that issue um, so quickly and so easily, you may not have been giving it enough thought. Strengtheners. That's an interesting one. So this is a, the last one. Just a little uh, hat tip to our, our mate Craig Mankins. Uh, we we see this a lot with with our friend when he's uh, betting on horses. If he bets on a racehorse. He'll run around and want everyone else to bet on the same racehorse, and I never understood why why he did it because it doesn't affect his payout or whether the horse is going to win. But what it actually does is it means that he's in the same boat as everyone else, so he's he's happy then because we're all in this together. So what we see we see this in a lot of different aspects. I mean, that's probably not as scary because it might be 20 bucks that you lose on a horse, but. You see people who want uh, want the people around them to make the same choices as them, and it ties a bit into that more is better people. If people are committing to a, a plan or a strategy or they are doing something a certain way, 
you tend to find that they want everyone else to do things the same as them uh, because it makes them feel more comfortable about their choices and more comfortable with the choices that they've made about their life. Now, again, that may be may be useful if your goals are exactly the same as that person, your situation is exactly the same as that person. But what you tend to find is that uh, these types of people, these strengtheners, they want people to do the same things even if even if the person they're talking to, even if their goals are completely different <coughs> or if they're trying to achieve different things completely. So I'll add a, another couple as well. So the Joneses, yeah. so there's a saying of keeping up with the Joneses and um, we as financial advisors are in a unique position where we actually see the behind the scenes books of all different types of people and what we notice, and you'd probably agree with this, no doubt, that the Joneses often um, um, look the part because they've financed their way into that part. It's, so it's they, built on a house of cards, the Joneses' lifestyle. And, and it does it does add a lot of pressure to people around them. Uh, I know I get comments all the time, uh, how do these people afford this and how do these people afford that? And these are just people you know, that, that are not clients of ours, of course. Um, I always make a blanket statement where you don't exactly know how much debt they have behind that, of course. Um, it, does, it does add to a lot of, I guess, angst with people around them because people do feel compelled to, yeah. to keep up with the Joneses. Yeah. Um, and the other one that I see as well is that there are quite a lot of um, misconceptions spoken in yeah. the financial world. Um, an example of that would be uh, you don't want to get a second job because you lose all that in tax. Yep. So you hear that one quite a bit. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's just flat out wrong. Yeah. So you you yeah. you are deducted a higher tax rate from the second job. Yeah. However, yeah. Um, at the end of the financial year, when your accountant adds up job A's income earned and job B's income earned, what normally happens is that you've paid extra. Yeah. in tax on job B because it's the way that the the PAYG deduction system works yeah. in this country um, so that you don't owe tax at the end of the year so you've paid too much tax yeah. and you get that back yeah. you get a lot of that back at the end of the financial year so yeah. we, we find that we hear a lot of financial misconceptions spoken yeah. and, and, and people often take them as gospel they, and they tend to be it, it's one that you see um, I guess especially things that people have heard in their formative years or from someone that they respect. And it, again, it, it sort of ties into the, the point that we're making here is that you can have people around you who are really great people who care about you, but they may not actually, they may not be experts in that area or they may not necessarily understand what, what it is they're talking about there. And this is a big one that you'll hear people, like you say, make blanket statements that they're obviously just repeating something that they've heard and they may not necessarily understand um, understand what what's actually meant from the behind the scenes of that. And so that is is a broad category of things. Like I say, everyone's situation is is a is a bit different. And uh, what you tend to see a lot is these sorts of cliches and misconceptions are blanket statements that people repeat or say because it makes us feel comfortable to be able to put everything into simple and easy little categories. But the reality is that for most people, it, it's not that simple. Good point. So wrapping up, um, my comments would be that, that generally speaking, better decision making comes from more people being involved. 
Yeah. And it's not that one person's uh, one person's opinion is right or wrong, but you can you can often take um, different parts of different people's opinion and blend it all together to come up with a better decision. So there's more diversity in that decision. When you when you what the purpose of this podcast is to do is just to highlight some of the different types of biases yep. towards uh, people's opinions yep. and to assist you in the decision making process well said thank you for listening to the money over 50 podcast with lighthouse financial advisors we look forward to catching up again soon